Greg Laurie, his senior pastor. Greg had just started a new series in the book of Acts titled The Upside Down Life. I love this title because it seems like we are living in an upside down world that needs to be turned right side up. And this title is great for the book of Acts because it's actually taken out of the book of Acts, out of Acts 17, where the Christians were actually accused of turning the world upside down because they believed in Jesus Christ. Greg will be teaching through this series, The Upside Down Life, each Sunday, so you can join us live here at Harvest at 9 a.m. or 11, or you can go to harvest.org and join us online. The Harvest Valor podcast is a supplement to our Sunday morning teaching through the book of Acts, as well as our Harvest groups, which meet at various times and locations. We have a study guide that goes along with it, and we hope you will join us and join a Harvest group. And you can find more information about that at harvest.church forward slash groups. So what an opportune time to go through the book of Acts. The book of Acts, the fifth book of the New Testament, was written by Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke. Luke was a doctor and was not only with the eyewitnesses of Christ, he was also a traveling companion of the Apostle Paul. In Acts, we will see the history of the church, the birth of the church, the growth of the church, and the growth and ministry of men and women who lived for Jesus Christ and God used in powerful ways. We see the gospel message going forth across the world, crossing cultural lines, ethnic lines, political lines, and national lines. You know, in John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. The book of Acts is a book that tells us about these greater things, really the extension of the plans of Christ and the purpose of bringing salvation to men and women. And it's, it's good to look at our history and look at the history of the church. Someone once said that history is his story, H-I-S, his story. And the book of Acts also is full of practical biblical teachings and examples of what the church is supposed to look like even now in the 21st century. I think the church experience has changed a lot for people, especially this last year because of the COVID pandemic. Some people are meeting at church live, some people are watching online, and some are doing both. I had a a lady tell me at church the other day that her husband was now coming to church with her in their living room. And uh, so that was a bonus that now her husband and her were, were watching the message together. We here at Harvest are doing all the above. We recognize everyone has their own reasons for engaging in the way they do. So we have live services and we have online services. And as we read and study the book of Acts, we want to see how we can not only be vibrant in our faith, but we can be effective in reaching people who don't know God as their Savior. I want to key in really on one verse in this first chapter of Acts. It's verse 8. But let's read together the first eight verses. Would you join with me if you have your Bibles? Beginning in verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles 
whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus told his disciples that they would do great things for God. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? We all want to be at least good at the things that we do. Man, if we're great, that's so much better. Maybe you were a great football player or an athlete of some sort. Maybe now you're a great musician or a marksman out on the shooting range. Jesus said we would do great things. He also said he was going to give us the power to do these things. Pastor Greg, in his message on Sunday, talked about the power, uh, that Greek word dunamis, where we get our English word dynamite. Jesus said he was going to give us dynamite power to be his witnesses. The word witness in the Greek is the word martis. We get our English word martyr. Of course, a martyr is someone who dies for what they believe in. The word martis actually means a witness or someone whose life and actions testify to the work and effect of their faith. Let me say that again. Someone whose life and action testify to the worth and effect of their faith. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you the power to be a witness, yes, but to also to live for him. Most of us aren't going to be called to die for Jesus, but we are called to live for him. Beyond sharing Jesus with others, we are to have lives that witness to the reality of his saving us and living in us. We need his power. When I was 14, my dad brought home a 1966 Ford Ranchero. Man, I wish I still had that car. He bought it off my Uncle Will for 300 bucks, and it was for my older brother who was going to be 16. The problem was it didn't run. The engine needed work. The body was straight, so we got it painted, some nice brown metal flake, put some nice craggers and wide tires, and completely rebuilt the motor and uh, everything. Crankshaft, camshaft, pistons, rods, put some headers and glass packs on it. We even had a dragster mechanic come and put some extra touches on that motor. And when my brother fired that thing up, man, it was power. It was ready to go, complete, rebuilt, and transformed. So often, we as men try to be the men that we think we should be, to be that husband, to be that dad or son, maybe that boyfriend, that employer or the worker, without tapping God for the power we need to actually live for him. And so often we fail. So often we realize we are powerless and we're in the middle of the race. You know what I'm saying? We need his power every day. Actually, we need his power every moment of every day. And when we, when we become believers, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit 
of course, seals us as his. We know the Holy Spirit dwells in us. The Bible says that we're, uh, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in our heart. But man, we need his power every day to be a witness to live for him. You know, there's something uh, said in the beginning here of this passage we read. The disciples in verse 6 were asking Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They were thinking about what they were going to do in their culture. Were they going to be the reigning power again? Of course, we know that Rome was in power at that time. And Jesus basically said, you don't need to know the times or seasons, but you're going to receive power to live for me. Man, is that so appropriate to where we're at right now? The Republicans and the Democrats are going at it. The conservatives and the liberals are going at it. And we wonder where that's all going to wind up. But what does Jesus say to them? He tells them, you guys, you don't need to worry about, but you need the power in your life to live for me. And each and every one of us need his power in our lives. We need him to empower us to make good decisions. We need his power to live out his word that's been instructed in the Bible. We need his power to tell others about Jesus because you know what? A changed life is a changed ideology. I mean, we just need to be faithful what God has called us to do in living for him and sharing Jesus Christ and the power of salvation with others. That's what the church has been called to do. That's what we as Christians have been called to do. And we're going to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I'd like to pray right now that we are all refilled with that power that Jesus promised. So would you join with me in prayer right now? Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for our salvation, Lord, and we thank you for your plans and purposes in our lives. And Lord, we need your power. Lord, forgive us when we fall short. Forgive us when we try and do it in our own strength. But Lord, fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit so that we can not only share the love of Christ with others, but that we can live for you in our culture and in our families and in our environment. So we want to ask for that filling. And Lord, we, we count on it. We thank you for your promise. And now we ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, God has given you the power you need even today to live for him. So God bless you. And listen, please join with us each week as we continue on with our Harvest Men's podcast. Join with Pastor Greg on Sunday through Harvest at Home or uh, come here to church at Harvest, the 9 and 11 service, and we look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you.